Hello, hello. It's Wendy. Welcome to another episode of I Love You, Please Stop and Other Things I Say to Myself and My Cat. Let's see how this goes. Hopefully the audio is not too horrific. There's construction going on on both ends of my block. The parking garage across the street is just really popping off and my neighbor's babysitting his mother's dog who barks pretty regularly. And it's just been a, it's been a fun day for me. I'm going to start my period any second now. I'm sorry to gross you out, boys. It's a part of life. Get over yourselves. So I'm real agitated. And on top of that, I am uh, dealing with the fact that I think maybe I finally put the nail or I put the final nail in the coffin, whatever the phrase is. I'm heartbroken and PMSing. Leave me alone. I finally put the, I finally put the final nail in the coffin of the thing that I thought was a relationship for the past seven or eight months, and boy, does that sting! It does not feel good. I I feel like I'm suffocating. I feel like I'm in that coffin all alone. You know, is that what that metaphor is supposed to mean? Fucking who knows? Who cares? Last episode. What did we talk about? I think it was something to do... Again, I really don't listen to this, so hopefully you guys did. I think it was something about me being very zen, like I'm changing my patterns and I'm going to really do the opposite of what I would normally do because I want to make this relationship work and that's I know what I have to do is not run away and even though that seems like my instinct is to run and burn it to the ground and I instead I'm going to stay... And, and see this through and I'm going to be open and loving and all that bullshit. Well, I did all that and that was good and it was good, made me feel good because I felt like we're back, we're back on track. We are on the right path. The problem is that if it's a relationship, there are two people and both people have to want to make a thing work. Huh? Isn't that... That's something that we kind of forget about, but I will tell you, it doesn't mean that you completely give up and stop doing work on yourself because when that motherfucker (laughs) is gone, you have to be with yourself and you want to feel good about the way that you behaved. So example, an example of what not to do would be to refer to the person that you still love as a motherfucker. So see, that's an example. I'm really, it's just, I'm working moment to moment here by myself. I recorded a few hours yesterday and I was like, this seems very angry. It seems very angry. And that's because I am. And so I'm dealing with that. And I have this book of daily devotionals that I've read about halfway through at this point because I'll read one and I'm like, shit, okay, I got to work on that. What's another one? Oh, fuck. That's a good one too. And I'm really trying to do this all in a Zen and loving way and uh, do the shit where you have to accept, hey, not everyone is going to feel the same way that you do. You know, just because I'm in love with someone doesn't mean that they love me back. Just because you love someone doesn't mean you love them back. And if someone's desperately in love with you and you're not into them, it's okay. You just say, I'm so sorry. I can't do this right now. I got to go. Goodbye. Let's stop doing this. And it's difficult to do especially now, which we've talked about because we're under quarantine and we probably are going to be over the winter and it's a fucking nightmare. We all just want someone that we can text or just FaceTime with once a week so that we feel a little bit less alone. And people that are in relationships that are a fucking nightmare, again, let's just wait it out till there's a vaccine. I get it. I get it. And you, it's easy to talk big when you're in a relationship and you're kind of fighting and you're like, this person, and I, all I'm asking for is this one thing. I'm asking for this one fucking thing and they won't give it to me. And instead of realizing that that might be a sign that they are just not f- feeling you, okay? Normally, if you're asking, hey, in order to make this relationship work, I would really like you to do this one specific thing. And the person goes, ah, uh, no, nope. Can't do it. Can't do it. I had trauma when I was a child, and so I cannot open up emotionally. So I can't. Uh, That normally is a sign that they might not really like you as much as you like them because, and we're all grown-ups, unless you're, if if you're under 16, you should probably not be listening to this or do listen to it, but, you know, no, it's, it's bits, it's jokes. I don't know. Listen to it, but don't do as I do, okay? We're all grown-ups, so we know that we do a lot of shit that we don't want to do because we want the end result. We get up and go to work because we want to have money. 
to have a place to live. Again, a lot of the shit, these are all bad examples now because a lot of us are like, oh, no, no, I would like to go to work. I can't go to work. And um, people are losing their homes. So it's not really the idea of get a job or be homeless is not really like a, a, not like a cute thing to throw around at this point in societal history. So I will have to find a new metaphor for that. But you get the fucking point, okay? We're all grown up, so we know we have the ability to do things that are maybe outside of our comfort zone in order to make someone that we love happy or let someone know, I want you to know that I love and appreciate you, okay? So we all know we can do that, but for some fucking reason, we make exceptions when someone is being shitty to us and we say, yeah, well, I, they... I know I asked them to be nicer, but they really their family of origin wasn't really open with their feelings, so it's hard for them. Mm, so I get it. No, I get it. I get it. That's why they. Um, that's why we haven't had sex in here because their their family isn't good with talking about feelings, and so I get it. And I'm devastated about it. And I I, I truly am suicidal over the fact that the person I've been with for ten plus years doesn't want to touch me in a sexual way, but I get it. And I don't want to be a bitch and bring it up, but that's the point where you, where you should be a bitch. Or if you're, you know what, a guy can be a bitch too. Or if you're a man, be an asshole. Isn't that what we? But you get the point. And it fucking sucks. And the big reason that a lot of us don't bring it up when we're unsatisfied or unhappy in a relationship is because we don't want the answer, especially because part of our brain knows that we're right. And that the reason behind them not being forthcoming with emotions or any kind of sexuality or little things like helping do laundry or dishes. I dated a guy, this was years ago, we lived together, and he would just, was just kind of a dick. Like, I would be, I remember I'd be like doing dishes or doing laundry, and he would just be watching TV, and I'd say, hey, can you help me with this? And he would say, well, I don't, I mean, I can, but... I, it's not really my thing. And I said, excuse me? So doing dishes is not your thing? And he says, yeah, I mean, I, like, I'll do them if I'm alone, but that's I'm just the, the way I was raised. My mom did all the chores, and my dad just kind of you know, just hung out and worked and then came back and chilled. So that's, that's like woman stuff. So when I have a girlfriend, I normally, that's just not my thing. Once I have a girlfriend, that's kind of her thing. And I fully stopped <laughs> doing the dishes, and I said, are you being serious? And he was dead serious. And I said, wow, that's really interesting. And what a cool story about your childhood. Well, lucky for us, you're not seven and I'm not your fucking mother. So get your ass up off the couch and come help me with this. What is this nonsense of, well, that's just how I've always been. So but, but what can I do? Why well, can't change it now? You can. You can change it. You can always change shit. You can change a thought. You can change an attitude. You can change a behavior. It's just a matter of, do you want to change it? Do you want to change it? Okay. So, the example of the boyfriend that did not do dishwashing or laundry, he started doing those things magically. He did the dishes with me that night, and he didn't turn into a pile of coal, okay? He didn't just vanish. He didn't get terribly sick. He wasn't poisoned by the dish soap. He was able to to do the dishes and he was fine. And he continued to do them. Do you know why? Because he liked me and also he did not like having fights. And so you do things like that when you're in a relationship, friendships included, even a work partnership. You go in and someone says, hey, I need you to do this. This is the end. This is the, you know, pull your weight. This is your end of the deal. And you do the fucking thing that needs to be done to make whatever partnership you're in work. That's what it is. Okay. So after a few months, uh, and I don't want to go into too many details because who knows, I, I could be way, way fucking off, but I don't think I am. I sent a very, what I thought was a beautifully written goodbye, farewell email. And I sent that uh, 36 hours ago and have not heard back. But who's counting? Women are so... This is, I will say, men are probably like, why the fuck would you even know? A guy would be like, I don't know, yesterday or last week or something, who knows? Or maybe that's just what women think because... <laughs> but I think, I think most men kind of, once something's over, they don't really give a shit. But women are like, I sent him that email 36 hours and 27 minutes ago and I have not heard back. And again, I don't even care. I'm not mad. It's fine. I'm not mad. It's fine. Oh, God, but it's not fine. And see, we're practicing being open with our emotions. 
And I say we because we're all doing this together as a team. It fucking sucks. It sucks. I haven't heard back again. And you know what? No, it's here's uh, that part of your brain that hangs on to that little piece of like hope where you're like, maybe there's a chance. It's like you've seen Dumb and Dumber, right? And I know this is such a fucking hack white man move to quote a Jim Carrey movie, but it's such a great line. It's Jim Carrey's talking to like the hot chick, Lauren Holly's character. And he goes, what are the chances that a girl like you would sleep with a guy like me? But I think he says, what are the chances that a guy like you would ever be with a girl like me? Because it's funny because you switch, right? Switch the genders. That's when genders were not a construct and now they are. But back in the 90s, gender was not a construct. So that's very funny. It's an easy comedic trope. Just switch it around. D's for P's, just flip them back and forth. And she said one in a million. And he, the camera goes to him and he pauses and he says, so you're saying there's a chance. And he's very excited. Now, that's funny because we all know one in a million means fuck off. I'm calling the cops if you get any closer. But he's so dumb. That's the movie's called Dumb and Dumber. Huh? Get it? Anyway, you get the point. That little bit of hope where someone can be treating us like absolute shit. Or they don't even have to be treating us like shit, but someone can just not be meeting your needs. You can be in a relationship or even a friendship where someone is kind of mean to you, a bully, inconsiderate. I was talking to a friend about a guy she's dating and she, and he just done some really dickish things. And I said, it sounds like he just like doesn't care about you. He's not, he just doesn't care about you or your feelings. She says, no, I just think that he doesn't consider other people and he just doesn't really consider other people's feelings. And I was like, yeah, yeah, no. Inconsiderate. The word is inconsiderate. And the definition of that means someone doesn't give a shit about what other people think or feel. Specifically, you in these stories you've told me. But it's hard because our ego wants people to like us. And also, we don't want to be alone. There's this weird kind of tick-off box that we have in our brains. And it's not a real thing. It's something that's been ingrained in us since we were born. It's a societal thing. And this goes in, you've got to read the four agreements. I, there's this daily devotional book that I'm reading is written by the son of the author of the four agreements. And the whole idea, the whole concept is the world is a dream. Now this gets, please let me not lose a lot of you here. It's not that it's a simulation. Well, I guess it's a simulation of the mind. But the world is a dream, and it's a dream that you create. Your reality is a dream that you create every day based on your thoughts and your beliefs and how you act based on those things. And one of the big concepts they talk about is your story. So what's the story that you tell ourselves? What's the story the world is telling us? So we're told we need to get a partner. You need to get married. You need to go to school. You need to achieve these levels of success. These are markers of success. Once you do these things, then you are a valuable human being. And then that varies from culture to culture. I'm obviously in the United States of America. I'm, I would say not obviously, but it is obvious because if you can hear my accent and you are aware of the news, I'm in America because we can't leave because we're too diseased. So <laughs> I am in America. And here in a lot of Western civilization, the story that we've all been told is really locked into your value comes from your work and your output and how much money you make, how wealthy you are. And if you're a woman, it's how fucking hot you are. It's how many people want to put babies in you. Okay. So that's the general idea of a story. So that would be a a macro story and the micro stories are the things that we tell ourselves. And when you get too trapped into those it makes it difficult to change. And so you're stuck in, in kind of this painful place. So for example, the example of a micro story that I have working to change actively, especially in the last few months, something I've always told myself, I would be in relationships and they would eventually, they would end or I would be afraid to fully open up. And it was self-sabotage. And I would say to myself, well, that's because when I was eight, my mom left. And so I have a fear of, of, of abandonment and I've got this constant underlying knowledge that everything's going to end. So what's the fucking point in starting anything in the first place? If it's all going to end, then just let me just be alone and miserable. If it's all going to end, then what's the fucking point? And that's from when my parents got divorced when I was eight. So there's nothing I can do. And see, when you say it in a shitty voice like that, it makes me sound like, well, bitch, 
You can change it. But normally when we talk about this stuff, we say it in a voice like this. And we say, well, you know, um, yeah, no, I understand. Your therapist, because they're trying to keep taking your money, you'll be upset. And they'll say, yeah, well, you can't really help it. That's just, your, you know, your mom left when you were eight. And yeah, that left a huge imprint on you. And so that, that is going to affect the way that you live your life. And I don't know what to tell you, except for maybe we should lock in 10 more sessions. This sounds, you sound like a head case. We should maybe lock that in. And payment up front, no cash. I don't know if you know, United States has a coin shortage. We don't make money anymore. It's, it's wild. Anyway, maybe I can just scan the chip in your arm. So that's, you see the difference when you say it in a serious way and you're like, uh-huh then it seems real and you have people reinforcing it. If you say it in a cunty way, the way I just said it, like, my mom loved when I was eight and that's why I can't enjoy vacations. What? That doesn't make any sense when you say it like that. But I've told myself that for so long and I have believed it and everyone else is locked into their own little story in whatever way usually based on some kind of a childhood trauma. And that, not that that stuff is not real. They're just, you have to put in the work to understand that you are a being perfectly whole and good and you're exactly the way you're supposed to be with or without your story, with or without a partner, with or without success or money or job. And I know that seems like kind of a lot of information. Maybe it doesn't. I'm trying to really give a sliver, a nice quick overview of the general idea of the the Tolktic path, I think is what it is. Yes, T-O-L, T-E-C, Daily Meditations on the Tolktic Path. Hello. So that's the general idea of a story. And I, instead of going down my same normal path, have been trying to change my mental story and saying, okay, that's, that's nice and that happened in the past, but we're right now, this is a brand new moment. The past is gone. The future hasn't happened. We cannot act, make decisions based out of fear of what could or could not happen in the future because the future's not promised. And you don't know what the fuck is going to happen. No one could have planned for this pandemic. Nobody could have. And so I'm really trying to focus on that shit and being in the moment and whatever and being kind and all this other fucking bullshit. But it's really fucking hard to do. When the person that... It's easy to be kind when your your life is going great. It's difficult to be kind when the person that you um, still very much love and... Like, we had, like, real conversations about, like, trying to spend time together and possibly, like, a long-term relationship. Like, we had real conversations. And it's so difficult to not blame that person when it ends because you want to be, like... When they're like, oh, I'm not into you anymore. You could be like, you motherfucker, look, look at this text from two months ago. And, and that's okay for you to bring that up, but people are allowed to change their minds and feelings change and shit happens. And you can't really control a lot of times how you feel. What you can control are your thoughts and your behaviors and how do you act in a way that's respectful to your own feelings and also respectful and kind to the people around you. And I am really... Goddamn trying, but it's hard to do. And the other thing I want to say about writing this final letter, again, 36 hours and what is it 34 minutes ago now? Again, who, who, who knows? Maybe, did I even send it? I don't know. Whatever. It was just a text. I did a waving emoji text. Is the other reason that it's difficult to draw a line in the sand, especially with a romantic relationship, is because there is a sense that if you end a relationship that you failed. So if you've and the longer you've been with someone, the more that weighs on you, right? So people can say, well, I've invested so much time in this person. And when you're in the first year, you can say, oh, that's what happens. It's, it, you just work through these bumps. You just work through these bumps. And then you're in year two, three, four, and it doesn't get better and it gets worse. And you're not happy, but you're not fucking leaving. So the other person's like, well, yeah, I mean, she bitches about me not doing the dishes, but she hasn't fucking left yet. So it must really not be that big of a deal. And maybe she just needs a reason to bitch, but I've, I'm suffering no consequences. And the longer you stay in a thing that doesn't feel right, again, if the overarching emotion in any situation, whether it's a job, living in a certain city, a relationship, a friendship, if the overarching feeling is 
dread, depression, sadness. And again, it's not like a high grade, not like a fight, but just a low grade kind of. Oh, I just feel kind of bummed out a lot because I'm not really... That's not, that's not good. That is a sign. You got to pay attention to these signs. Like I watch... Do you guys watch true crime? Do you, everybody in the audience? Give, make some noise if you watch true crime. There's a show called... Thank you so much. I imagined you were clapping. Did you hear I, hear I did that? Um, thank you so much. I imagine you were clapping. Do you like how I did that? Okay. The, one of the perks of quarantining solo with a cat is you can hear a full audience. I can see all of you right now in my mind's eye. I'm, it, see, it, the, world, you're, the world is a dream that you create. You create your own reality. So in my reality, there are seven of you sitting, three on the couch, four on the bed. It's really lovely. And I want to thank you for being here. <laughs> But on ID Network, okay? It's a great, great channel. Get it if you can. And there's a show called Evil Lives Here, and they talk about people that grew up with, were married to, or whatever, people that were monsters, normally serial killers and did some wild shit. And they always do the opening of every episode. They'll say, nobody could have predicted what Mark Smith was capable of. But looking back... There were signs, and every other word melts away, and just the word signs kind of glows ominously, Ooh, and it's so spooky, and then they, they, but then it's always something where it'll be like, when he was seven, he, he killed the family cat and, and, and fucked its carcass. Huh. That's a sign. Yeah, yeah. That's a, so, I mean, those signs are a little more obvious. If you want to know if you're dating someone, or, or you've given birth to, or you were birthed by a psychopath or sociopathic serial killer. So those tend to be more obvious signs, but signs that things are not going the way they're supposed to go, that you are not on the correct path in your life or not with the right people, is when you have an overwhelming feeling of being just kind of bummed out, low-grade bummed out, and sad and frustrated. And I understand people say, well, what if it's clinical depression? Okay. And I understand depression. Hey, there's a horn honk that was, give it up for depression. Depression is a real thing. As somebody with the big B to the P, I get it. And it's it's in hormones and chemicals in your brain. I get it. So go to a doctor and get something to help adjust that. Also, but also, so do that, but also look at your surroundings and your life. Because a lot of people are depressed because... They're in a shitty relationship or their job fucking sucks or they just feel like they're not doing what they wanted to do with their lives and they're living in regret. And even something some we've talked about this, especially right now, if you're like, what, what's the one thing you wish you could do? I wish I would have learned another language or traveled more, written a book. Okay, well, you can't travel, but you can learn another language. So then when travel opens up, you can go live some other place. You can start learning a language. If you want to write a book, just start writing the book. I swear to God, even if you write one page, your whole day, the dopamine dump that you get from doing one little, making one little extra step towards some goal that you've, like a lifelong goal or dream that you've realized, you feel so much better. I cannot, I cannot stress this enough. If you don't believe me, try it. Same thing with exercise and all that shit. Do a little bit of it. Goes a long way just for your mood. Okay. So obviously meds and, and check your surroundings and see if maybe there's something there that you can change, okay? So that's a big sign. And what sucks is we ignore those signs in our lives and say, because people will say things like, well, life is hard, life's a bitch, and then you die, and this is what life is. And again, it's tricky because on one level, like with the pandemic, it's good to accept, okay, so this is the reality, okay? Now, what is my responsibility with myself to adjust how I'm thinking and perceiving things and and how do I move forward in a way that's positive and productive for me and for the people around me. It's tricky because if you get stuck in that trap of saying, well, just life is just shitty. That's just what it is. Life is just shit. This is relationships are hard. This is just, it's just, that is, what is that everybody? That's a story. You are telling yourself and it's making it real. And when you tell yourself things like that, you attract that shit into your life. And if you don't believe me, and here's the thing, when I was like a teenager, I'd be like, okay, whatever. As a 38 year old, sorry, Hollywood. 
I can tell you my attitude, even though there are ups and downs, my attitude is overwhelmingly positive. And I have always told myself with interpersonal relationships, it's been a little bit more difficult, but I kind of, I'm like, ah, it's like a test where I just do the, I'm like, let me just do all the answers that I know. And then I'll come back to the hard problems at the end. That's what I feel like in my life right now. Interpersonal relationships and romantic relationships have been the most difficult for me. And I was like, oh, it's really a block for me. But everything else, as far as like, yeah, if you want to move somewhere and pursue your dream, do it. It'll probably work out. Probably cool shit will happen. So I've been able, because I have that attitude, that life should be fun and you can achieve your goals if you bust your ass and try your best and have a good attitude and you're open to success, you can have that. So that I kind of have worked out, which is pretty dope. And so what's frustrating with some people, you know, and friends when I talk to people and they have the attitude of like, well, life is just shit. I'm like, but it's not, but it is because you say it is, you know, it's the example we've used a million times is the weather. Right now, it's gorgeous outside. It's perfect. I went outside for a run. I was sweating three because it's hot and humid. So for me, I'm like, oh, this is great. It's like a sauna. Someone else could walk outside in this weather. My neighbor that I saw this morning walked out, and he was out there with his mother's yappy dog. And I said, man, it's nice out. He goes, oh, it's disgusting. So it's like, okay, there we go. Two people were in the same exact circumstances. We're in the same literal environment. I choose to have a good attitude and so I had a great time, and he's like, oof, it's hot, and this is shitty. So he's now having a terrible day. And that's a choice that we made in our brains on how we chose to perceive the situation, okay? I know this is an example I give over and over, but the weather's the easiest one, all right? So when we tell ourselves, like, oh, life is just shit, and that's specifically in a relationship, you get the further down the line you go, the harder it is to to get out of it, because now your pride is at risk. What's your family and friends going to think? You guys have been together for 10 years. You had a kid. You bought a house. What are, what are people going to think? It's like, well, okay, so what am I supposed to do? You're, you and your partner are supposed to be miserable, and your kids are going to be miserable because they are living with two parents that don't fucking like each other? That's not good. That's not a good model for your kids. I'll tell you that right now. It is not a good model for your children. The one thing that I always tell people when they say, oh, that must be tough. The divorce was tough. And again, this is changing your attitude. I said, yeah, when I was younger, it was really stressful. And it was. It um, was one of the, a source like a lot of kids. When my parents were divorced, and so I, I don't know, wear black eyeliner and draw pentagrams on my backpack and white out or whatever. But looking at it now, I see my friends who their parents stayed married, but they were miserable and those friends are in relationships. One's in a relationship where she's straight up getting hit, and we don't really talk very much anymore because she'll talk to me, and she complains, rightfully so, about her husband yelling at her and that he threw a plate at her and that he hit her, and I'm like, you got to leave, and she says, well, we bought, we, we bought a house together. That's a real reason that she's staying with someone that like yells at her and throws shit at her, and that's not just her. That's a lot of people because they're like, well, fuck, I'm already here. I may as well just I may as well just write it out and hope for the best. And it's sad. It really is sad because even if you believe in reincarnation, the, you know you're only in this body right now, this one time around. And maybe you'll come back as a tree or bird, or if you're lucky, my cat, and you can just lay around and get ham and scratch me in the face all day. But you get what I'm saying. Even if you get to come back a bunch of times, okay. Well, you're only having this experience in this body in this as this persona now. So why not make it good and try to be happy if you can? And I get, but I get it. It's hard to break up and break away because especially, can I be honest, the shittiest thing. And again, this could be, I could be blowing this way out of proportion and he could be fully just like crying and writing a really nice, long, sweet letter back to me. I doubt that. But again, that's that little part of my, so you're saying there's a chance, little part of my brain is like, come on, tell me you love me. Come on, tell me you love me. Let's pretend this is a movie. Let it be, come on, let's do, this is a Rachel McAdams movie. And you're going to tell me you love me, but you're going to tell me you love me way back in 1962, because you're a time traveling husband, because that's every Rachel McAdams movie. Okay, I, that's my part of my brain, but I have to let that go. I have to, oh, it's so tough. I have to just, 
and not even think, oh, well, fucking good, good. Just let it be. Just be in the moment and accept what's happening right now and be open to change. Be flexible to change. It's even when it's change that you don't want, even if the change is going from, because if I'm being honest, and people that are in relationships where you're not happy, there's this hope, you're holding on to hope that like, oh, it'll get better, or you're living in a memory of the past when you're with someone that's shitty. You're like, yeah, but it used to be really good. Okay, well, but it's not now. So you're living in the past or you're, you're waiting, hoping it'll get better in the future. And that's a fucked up way to be. It's a fucked up way to live. I mean, it's not a fucked up way to be because that's, if that's how your brain is operating, you don't want to put judgment on that. You want to be aware of it and say, oh, I'm living fully in the past of how good it was and in the future, <laughs> hoping that it'll get better. I'm not being aware and in the present when it is not great. And that makes sense because if the present is not great, you want to think about the good old days or look forward to when you, you know, are getting your dick sucked in a flying car or neither. You just get very high and drunk. <laughs> so you can just be any way you can check out of the present moment when things are awful. And I get it and I do it and I've done it and I'll probably do it again. But as Dorky as this sounds, it's very nice to be sober and present and focusing on what's actually happening. It's more, it's intense. It's weird because it's intense in a way. And at the same time, it's very calming because you're not attached to anything that's happened before things that are going to happen. So it's the very strange. There's a sense of intensity and also the sensation of kind of floating because you're not really attached to any particular event or person or object or a story you've told yourself. You're just experiencing things in the moment, like right now, instead of being anxious about recording. I, I, whatever I could be thinking about, like, well, what, how am I going to end the episode? Well, what if people don't like it? And what if, what, if I, I, what if it never blows up? Or what if you know, something happens or the electricity goes out or my Wi-Fi dies? Instead of all that shit... Or thinking about, what, what did I say last week? What did, okay, what did I, hmm, any of that stuff. Instead of thinking about who I have to text or email later, focus on, I am talking to you through this microphone right now. And what you are doing is you are right now listening to a crazy woman ramble and try to make some kind of sense of existence. And then whatever else you're doing. You could, you know, if you're laying down, if you're at work, maybe you're using this podcast as a way to check out of your job, which, hey, that's cool, man. Just, you know, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? How there's a, it's a strange intensity and also lightness to it. And it is, it's nice and it's helpful. Ugh, but I really do picture this dude just like by candlelight with a quill. Just writing, just dipping a quill in ink, just like, my dearest, my dearest love, it took me 36 hours and 49 minutes to get back to you because of my intense love for you, my, my, my fierce love for thee. Fucking who knows? I don't know. I'm really sad. I'm really sad. It's a bummer. Um, and you're talking about signs. So this was a big sign for me, and I really... Mm, being present and aware is good, but crappy. And here's the crappy part. I, so we did a thing where, if you remember from last week, I feel like this is a real gossiping. So anyway, like dating this boy and we were texting a lot, like too much. And so then we took a break to be like, let's just like chill out for a minute. To, you guys, you guys remember, right? I feel like such a fucking, but you do remember, right? You remember, right? <laughs> Okay, good. So we took a break. I foolishly, and maybe not foolishly, again, it's weird because I don't think it's foolish to be hopeful and to assume that people have good loving intentions. A lot of people would say like, oh, you're too naive. I, I, prefer, I prefer to be open. I spent a lot of years of my life very closed off to specifically romantic love and affection and even when you're with someone for years, when part of you is emotionally closed off, you're kind of always alone. And it's really a bummer. It really is a bummer. And strangely, through the sugar daddy stuff, I was able to open up 
and again, we've talked about this ad nauseum, but there's a strange thing that happened, at least for me, where I was able to open up emotionally. And so with this person that I was dating, I was, I did that like all the way. And it was, it was really nice. It's, it hurts now. And I knew it because first of all, nothing in the words of a philosopher's outcast, nothing lasts forever. So what makes, so what makes, so what makes, so what makes, <laughs> love the exception. And it's true. So when I opened up to this guy, I knew part of me, I, I remember, I remember actually saying to him, we were sitting on the couch and I just, I just started to well up with tears and he said, what's wrong? Why are you sad? And I said, I'm not sad. I said, I think I just realized I am so open to you that you could very easily shatter my heart. And here's how I know he's like kind of not into me anymore because (laughs) he's a very emotionally aware person. And in that moment, he was like, you know, he was taken aback and he said, wow, that's a real, I don't want to do that to you. And we had a really nice emotional conversation. So see, I know that he's not fucking love on the spectrum. And now I'm mad again. Thank God for anger. Anger, the only thing that'll pull you out of a bitchy cry session on a podcast, no less. What a little baby I am. I honestly, though, but this is, it is fun. So it's not only, this is not just bipolar shit. This is regular life shit, okay? And if you are not touched, I should say sprinkled with the, the dazzling... <laughs> It's kind of like a nice pizzazz, you know, really. It's a fun accessory for any outfit. It's bipolar. And we feel all the same emotions that everyone else does. We just feel them super intensely and fucking to the... Like, it's up to the second. We're, we're constantly changing. It's con- a lot of people, they'll be sad and they kind of think about it. It's really, it's, again, there's an intensity to it. It's just like being present, It's very intense, but there's a lightness to it because you feel the emotion, you fucking go all in, you cry, and then two and you let it go, and then two seconds later you can be mad and ready to punch a motherfucker in the face. Can I tell you that this is how I knew that I was like, oh, this is fucked. Something's fucked. And I just heard my phone buzz, and it could be him, and I'm not gonna look at it. That's how much I respect you and our time together. And again, I could be way off on this. I don't think I'm saying anything mean. I I think I'm being I think I'm just telling a story. Uh-oh. Is this bad? Is it good? Who knows? We don't put judgment on things. We don't put a judgment on things. We just recognize them for what they are. <laughs> this mindfulness shit is wild. Honestly. You got to get into it. Maybe I'll read them. Who knows? Well, you know what? I'm not going to worry about what I'm going to do or not going to do later. Let me just tell you exact, the exact moment in case you're wondering, what are some, how can you tell if somebody is like not into you? Here's how you can tell if someone's not into you. And maybe if you're someone who struggles to express yourself emotionally, you're, you're thinking, how can I make sure to let the person I like, how, how can I make sure they know I like them? Let me tell you an anecdotal story. Here's an example of how I knew the person that I really liked didn't like me back, okay? Presenting the tale of the package. I sent this person a care package. It was very sweet. Three little gifts. Two were inside jokes, kind of like things that we'd done together. One was something we talked about and... One was a little snack that we used to like to share, and I ate half of it, and I sent and I sent him like a half of an eaten thing of a snack that we and it was really cute, and I thought it was cute, and the other thing was a little inside thing between us, a stuffed animal, and that was a difficult thing to actually fucking find. I found this thing. I wrap up these gifts, I decorate the numbers like open them in this order and a cute no, like I love you and I miss you and I can't wait. It's very fucking cute. The whole thing was cute. I just put a lot of time and energy into it. And I spent a fucking it wasn't cheap, I'll tell you that. I don't know if you know this. Not only is the United States of America being run by a crazy person that's boycotting American companies. 
we've stopped making coins. We also, our post office is under attack because the acting president is trying to sabotage the election so that he can win. And if he doesn't win, he can claim fraud (laughs) so that he's able to stay in office illegally for four more years. It's wild. So I mailed this package and everything out the door. It cost me over $100 to send this cute little care package to this person. This person gets the package. And in my mind, and again, everybody's different. We're in different time zones. I get it. If it were me, I would have gotten the package and I would have waited and said, hey, I want to open this with you on FaceTime. That's just me. What do you guys think? Huh? What do you think? Do you think that would have been a cute, fun thing to do? I think the answer is yes, especially when you just had a conversation talking about, okay, I need a little bit more emotional kind of, you know, whatever. And everyone was like, well, we agree. This is great. We agree. Okay. So uh, tell me if I'm being crazy. You tell me if I'm being crazy. I don't think I am. But I wasn't even mad about that. I woke up. And I wasn't really mad about anything. Honestly, I was just like bummed. It's weird. That's this anger. Anger is not a real emotion. That's I feel angry. And even now talking about it, I can tell it's my ego making me mad because it's trying to cover up how just how hurt I am. I feel really sad and I'm trying to show off for you guys, my, my podcast pals. I want to look tough for you and be like, I'm not sad. I'm fucking pissed. And you know what? I, I didn't cry once. All I did, I sent that email and then I just played Lizzo's good as hell over and over and over. Cause that song, I don't know if you've listened to that. If you listen to it and you're not breaking up with someone or you haven't just been left, you're like, this is a fun get ready song. This is, Yeah. Do my hair, do my nails. I feel good as hell. And you know I have tequila, girl. So you're really fucking into it. And I used to turn turn that song on and get ready. And I went for a run this morning. And I was listening to Lizzo. And that song came on. And my brain completely (laughs) omitted all the fun hair, nails, dance around tequila part. And the only lyric I heard was, because he don't love you anymore. That's the only... (laughs) And I just fucking... Oh, the song came out and I was like, oh, this is going to really lift my spirits. And I was like, this is about some chick gets dumped by the dude that she's in love with. And Lizzo comes over while her friend is crying and Lizzo's like, let's get drunk and brush your hair, you fucking sad sack. That's not a get ready song. That's like... <laughs> it's not good as hell. That's, so I'm suicidal as hell is what I am. I don't like the song anymore. So just something to think about. So think about that. Next time you are dancing up a storm, getting ready to go out. Well, you're not going out. Getting ready to fucking get on Zoom and have a Zoom happy hour with your pals. You think about me and my cat drinking tequila with unbrushed hair and undone fingernails, okay? Because that's the reality of that song. It's a fucking sad song. I I heard it. That's the first time I've been like, okay, Lizzo, back up, back up. Let a bitch cry. Let a bitch cry. I mean, leave the tequila. But you, Lizzo, you back up. You go out to the club. Leave the tequila. But I'm going to sit here and just be sad for a little bit. Okay? Thanks so much. Ah, but that's what it is. That's the anger. It's the, your ego trying to protect you and all that bullshit. What was I mad about? What was I, what was I fake mad about? What was I pretending to be mad about so I didn't just burst into tears? Oh, yeah, this package. So I wake up. And I just, it doesn't say, there's not like, thank you, or oh my God, that was so sweet. It was just a photo of the stuffed animal. And I was like, okay. So I wrote back like, you know, and again, I'm not, I don't want to go into a lot of details, but suffice it to say, not a lot of communication and not, it just, just was very light response, kind of a like, hey, just want to let you know that it got here. And he actually referred to the stuffed animal gendered as a he. Again, gender's a construct. It's not real, whatever. Oh, can I tell you this? I also, so I thought, oh, I know he's busy and people got other things going on and I get it. I get it. I get it. And I sent a photo that I'd taken before I mailed the stuffed animal of me hugging it, like cuddling it. Cause I was like, oh, this will be cute. Cause I can be like, look, I, the guy has my scent on it or whatever. Cause that's what you do when you like somebody. It's cute. And I sent those pictures and the response was, oh, well, he got here. Yeah. And I'm not editing out that pause. Cause that was for dramatic effect. Cause it's, 
again, I could be way off, but to me, I would think that you'd be like, oh, that's, oh, like, I wish I could touch your face. Or there's so many different, and that's not even a good example. Like, that would be something that would be on the, one of these spectrum people would say. And yeah, I'm saying that because I don't want to get people get mad and say, oh, autism. But yeah, autism. If you're not good with emotions or feelings, you're a flowery language, you could say something as simple as, I wish I was touching your face like the stuffed animal or, oh, now I like it even more because it was touching your face. There's so many just basic things. And here's the other thing, it's a text. So even if you don't mean it, you can bullshit your way through it and just tap your fingers on a phone and just tell the other person what they want to hear. That is, if you give enough of a shit to make the other person feel appreciated and let them know they are loved and wanted, okay? And that's the key because people say, well, and he, you know, oh, well, what if, you know, he was probably busy. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you tapped out some other words. So even if you are in a full, can I tell you, I, in the interest of making guys that I've dated feel like I'm into it. When I've gotten text messages about like, oh, I'm fucking stroking my cock and I wish you were here. I've been fully bleeding into not even a pad, just like a wrapped up paper towel. Yeah, buckle up. This is, join my OnlyFans. Because <laughs> this is what you're, this is, when I'm posting a photo of me looking hot, I'm actually in just Oversized boxers. Let the siren go. I don't care. I can't fucking re-record the city. Ah, I got 10 more days. Not even a pad, just a paper towel catching my menstrual blood, sitting on the ground, eating leftover pizza and rolling change and not washing my hands in between, just eating dirty change hand pizza. But while I'm doing that, I'm sending a text saying whatever the fuck I want because it's a text and you're not here. Again, we create our own world. Our world, our reality is a dream that we create or whatever the fuck I said at the beginning of this, okay? Texting is a perfect example of that. If you're telling me I'm stroking my cock, I want you to believe that I am, I was going to say also stroking my cock. (laughs) I want you to believe that I'm yanking my clit, okay? (laughs) Like taffy. Whatever you want me to be doing, I'll tell you I'm doing that because I like you and I want you to have a good time and I want you to feel good. I would never respond with, I'm not in the mood to text a lie. I'm bloated on my period. It's not, now the only time I would say I'm bloated and on my period and eating pizza with pepperoni and pennies, okay? The only time I would say that is if I was dating someone and they sent me a text and said, I'm going to be there in 10 minutes and we're, having, we're doing anal. Having anal. We're having anal for dinner. I'm going to be over there. <laughs> Look, we're having anal p- penny pizza and you're going to goddamn like it. Okay? That's what we're having for dinner. And then after that, you're going to get railed in the ass. That would be the only time if someone's like, all right, 10 minutes, get ready to get fucking take a cock to your ass. I'd say, well, I don't, this, this is not the time because I am X, Y, Z. Right? You know that you've got the, I feel like you've got the visual of me bleeding into household cleaning products while eating dirty food and dirtier money. You get the picture. And you also get the concept that it's very easy to take a couple seconds and say, hmm, someone sent me this really cute picture of them and they took a a lot of time to put together this package in a very nice letter in which they said they loved me. Now, you may not love the person, but if you like them, you would say, what's a, what's a nice response? How do I let them know that I appreciate them and that I do miss them? How, how can I make this person feel good? And that's how you send the text. It doesn't have to be long and fucking flowy. I don't need Chaucer, okay? But you could just say, aw, I miss your face. Something, it's so, I'm giving, I'm giving, the, I hope you, idiots, and by idiots I mean men, sorry, and I know chicks are bad at this stuff too, but it's mostly fucking you dudes. I'm giving you the answers to the test right now. I feel like if I was a teacher, I would be like, this is going to be on the test. If you go back, I just gave you three examples. You just load these into your phone and just copy paste when you don't know what to say next time. Okay? It's real simple. So when somebody can't even take the time to do that, and they're just short answers, that to me, I thought, oh, okay. So this is maybe, maybe when we agreed upon the decision to communicate less, to me, I was sold that idea as a way to like, oh, this will be good. We can like temper things so that maybe the relationship has a chance. But now I realize, oh, he was probably just like, 
I just don't want to be bothered by you. And that doesn't feel very nice. Oh, that's not a nice feeling. And it sucks to feel that. And it's like anything else in life. When you encounter pain, or discomfort, or sadness, it's, it's there. It's real. So then how do you deal with it? Do you accept it and just kind of say this is, I guess this is just the way it's going to be. This is just, this is just how he is. He's just not emotionally very open and you just kind of take it or you say, okay, well shit. Well now this is on me to make a decision. And there's an interesting exercise. It's a thought experiment you can do. There's a woman named Byron Katie who I want to get more into her stuff. She has a process called the work. And this is the one little thing that I remember learning of hers, and it's really helpful in a situation specifically with interpersonal relationships. Again, my final hurdle in life. I'm sure I'm going to have more, but the the big one for me is emotional uh, and romantic relationships and being open to all that fucking bullshit that ends anyway. So what's the goddamn point? (laughs) But I digress. So part of that is when you're frustrated with someone and whether it could be anyone, your parents, a friend, a lover, if you're frustrated because you're not getting what you want from them, you can flip it and make it be about yourself. And it sounds weird, so let me just give you an example. And it, this goes back to the idea of you being a whole person. Like You are complete by yourself. You don't need another person to complete you emotionally. You don't need your stuff. You don't need success. You, don't, you, as you are, are perfect, just the way you are. And now I'm getting emotional because I know some of you that listen, and so I hope you're listening to this. Just as you are already, you're perfect. And um, so it can be... And it can be difficult to remember and realize and even believe a lot of times, but you already are. And so this idea that we need validation or love from other people to make us feel good and make us whole is a fallacy and it can be really tough. And a lot of times what we're trying to get from other people and it's frustrating when we can't get it from them, that's because we need to be getting that from ourselves. I hope that was not too convoluted of an explanation. Let me give you an example. Um, I... Actually, an easy example would be the boyfriend who was not washing dishes. If he and I were both in the kitchen, and I'm like, man, I wish he would wash those fucking dishes. If he's not going to do it, I'm like, then I turn around. Instead of, I wish he would wash those fucking dishes, I say, I wish I would wash those fucking dishes. And then I would just wash the dishes, and it's done. And then he and I can fight about it another day, okay? Because the reality situation is, I don't need a man to wash the dishes. I can do it my goddamn self. Okay, so that's kind of a basic example of like, yeah, I could do all that myself. Now in a partnership, something like that, that's symbolic of just show me that you give a shit and and pick up a sponge. At least help me dry. You know what I mean? At least dry the fucking silverware. Just as a, you know, like a sign of good faith. Oh, I'm so mad at boys. Can you tell? This is fun because it's mental specialness. (laughs) And PMS, you guys. And I have a half a monster energy drink in front of me. I'm drinking a flat monster. Things are not going well. <laughs> ah, so another example of that in my situation I was just in is once I identified what do I really want from this person, what I really wanted. So it can be anything. You know what I mean? It can be, you're, do you, are you trying to get someone's respect, love, compassion, consideration, whatever it is. In my case, I thought I the thing I kept running through my mind was I wish he cared about me and loved me as much as I loved him. Now, how do we switch that? Which, so you take the whatever I want him to do and I make it be something that now I have to do. So if we were to switch that sentence, uh, the little, the switcheroo, I like to call it flip it and reverse it. Shout out to Missy Elliott. So if I were to flip it and reverse it with that statement, instead of I wish he loved me as much as I loved him, the new statement would be I wish I loved myself as much as I loved him. And I know that's kind of heavy, but when I did that, I was like, fucking goddamn it, fuck, 
fuck, fuck, fuck. It's a good way, though, to take the other person or scenario out of the equation. And it's a helpful reminder that you are all you need. And and someone not loving you back doesn't make them a bad person. There's not good and there's bad. It's just different. It's just shit's not lining up. It's just not a match. And it sucks. It's okay. You got to move on. And that's the idea... That's, again, the idea of like staying flexible in your plans, which is the devotion that I read today from this, the one I've been working on today. Because stay flexible in your plans, at first you're like, oh, yeah, well, perfect example, coronavirus. Now we got to change our plans around. And yeah, yeah, but also plans, stay flexible in your plans on personal stuff like this, like I talked about. I was like, oh, I was planning like, oh, I'm going to go see this person and maybe, maybe, maybe I would even get married to this person. I could see myself marrying this person. And then this happens and it's like, oh, fucking God damn it. God fucking damn it. Shit, motherfucker, cunt. You know, and you have to like stay flexible. <laughs> stay, fl- always be stretching. Get ready for the shit to change and pop off. And it sucks. And the other thing too that was a weird thing, and again, this could be nothing. The stuffed animal was gendered as a, Male Again, gender's not real. Nothing's real. But I sent that stuffed animal. If someone sends you a stuffed animal, and this is, I can, pr- I mean, I can pretty confidently say that 90% of the time, but I guess a dude would send a chicken stuffed animal. To, uh, who Fucking who knows? I don't know anymore. I don't know. I've been living alone with my cat for six months, and I've been talking to this person on FaceTime that won't even show me their dick. So uh, I don't know anything about relationships, Okay. But I do know this. If someone sends you a stuffed animal, that is a representation of that person, okay? So if I send you, yeah, you, I'm talking to you right now, listener. If I send you a stuffed animal, you gender that stuffed animal a female and you use it to masturbate. That's the point of it. That's the point. I mean, yeah, it's cute, but don't put it on your fucking desk. I want you to rub it up against your crotch. That's the point of those things. We're not, we're not 10 years old. Like, look what I wanted a carnival for you. Fuck that. We're grownups. I'm close to menopause. If I send you something, that looks kind of fuzzy. Even if I send you a half of eaten bag of chips, fucking rub that against your crotch. I don't care. It's all meant for masturbation. That's the point of it. So don't like, oh, thank you for sending me this male stuffed animal. I'm like, God fucking damn it. And again, now that's, that might be a little extra sensitive crazy, but I think I'm not wrong. I think that's a polite thing to do, you know? It's just wild. And it really is like, and I really started to feel like before I wrote this farewell letter, my phone keeps buzzing and now it's ringing, but I'm not going to answer it because I don't want to ruin this moment that we're having because if it's, if it's him calling to be like, I love you so much, I'm going to feel like a real piece of shit. But no, I don't think I'm saying anything mean. Am I, you guys? Look, it's just us. It's just you and me. I don't know. Maybe I'm overreacting. Who fucking knows? I don't think I'm saying anything bad. I'm not giving up details and shit. I'm just, this is, I'm trying to have a relatable story. And honestly, I'm just trying to, I don't have any friends. You guys are my only friends and I need to talk to somebody about this. Oh, and it sucks though. It sucks. Just the whole thing sucks. And it's a, who knows? It, it could turn out that I'm misreading the whole situation. I don't, I just don't think that I am. And that's okay. That's okay. I still, um, freely give my love to this person. And I do. I want the best for them. And that's unconditional love. Huh? And that's why my cat helped me with that. He really did because I love my cat. And he sliced my face open the other morning when I was going to the airport. 4.30 in the morning, I drew blood right on the middle of my face, like my forehead down on my nose. And I still love him and feed him ham. So am I just a loving Zen being or am I a total pushover? I don't know. Only time and the growing amount of scars on my face and body. Only those will tell how much of a fucking little bitch I am with low self-esteem and I just take whatever the fuck I get. No, I really am trying to... It's a, it's a delicate balance of being open and loving and also having some self-respect and I'm trying to walk that line and hopefully... I don't know if this is helpful at all to any of you. If I mean, again, it's a free podcast. Hopefully it is helpful. I don't know. I will say this, though. On the flip side, as much as I'm rallying, like, you fucking, someone's not giving you what you want. You leave. And, and you leave those dirty dishes in the goddamn sink. Okay, so that's, if you're down for that, cool. On the flip side, I completely understand why, especially if you're a woman, especially if you are in your 30s, you would want to just write 
write it out if you're in a bad relationship or something. Not even that bad, but you're just not really happy or fulfilled because the alternative is to be single. And I sign up for a dating app just to distract myself. I need a little dopamine hit and it's, and it was free. <laughs> I honestly, I was like, I'm going to get a bunch of drugs. And I thought, okay, now is that helpful or is that not nice? So instead I went on a dating app started looking at people in my new city just to get a get a, a vibe, you know, just get like a fucking vibe. And honestly, I know a few people there, but I thought, that would be fun to date. Sure, why not? Let's get COVID. Let's get... I want to I try some of the local COVID is what I want to try. So I went on dating apps and I, I, I don't know what kind of, you want to talk about a story that society's sold to all of us? This idea that women are just old battle axes after 25, everyone's buying it. Even the chicks are buying it. I go on, so I'm on this dating app, and I'm getting, you know, getting, getting a lot of hits. I'm a big hit in the Midwest so far. And I put my age on there, okay, my real age, and I thought about lying, but I'm like, what am I going to, you know, I say it every 30 seconds on this fucking show. So, put my real age. And I got messages from guys in their 50s and they're like, ooh, I love, you don't look a day over 25. You're, and I said, oh, thanks. And they said, yeah, you're, you're maintaining pretty well. It's like, maintaining? Like I'm a Chevy? What the fuck? And so I, I got a lot of messages like, wow, I, oh, this, it's so nice to meet like a mature woman. A dude who was 42 said, oh, this is, I'm, and I said, oh, it's nice to meet you. He goes, yeah, it's nice to... I'm sick of all these young girls. Like, I've been looking for someone like you, like an older, more mature woman. First of all, I'm younger than you, motherfucker. And I'm not 108. I'm 38. It's not that old. And it's this weird... And it's the same fucking conversation that I had. Again, just men don't know how to communicate. Or I don't know if it's they, that they don't know or they truly just don't give a shit. Because they're like, this bitch is... This bitch is 38. She's practically dead. As long as I say anything to her, she should be fine. As long as I'm talking kind of at her in her general direction, she should be okay with it. She'll fucking put up with it, this stupid old bitch. It's wild because they, this, it's the craziest thing and it makes me so mad. I was having a group chat the other day and I was talking. It was two days ago and I was talking about the boy that I like and I was getting sad and we were someone said how old is he and it was a couple of girls talking and the one girl's having in a similar situation and she said oh my guy's 31 so mine's 40 and then the dudes in the chat they were like oh well that's well they yeah they're young still so they're just like immature and it's like what the fuck no and but here, here's what's crazy is everyone in the group even the one we were like yeah it's true women do that women mature a lot earlier and men just oh they're just fucking stupid drooling babies until they're at least 50 what kind of weird bullshit? The men that started this country, not only were they like, okay, only white men can vote. Everyone else has to do what we say when we say it. They also started this weird thing of like, yeah, so women are really mature when they're 14 and when they're 25, uh, we, we're going to medically refer to them as geriatric. If a woman tries to get pregnant after 25, we're going to refer to it as, a, as a, a geriatric pregnancy. And men, they're just big, big dumb puppies. He's 40. He can't. Men can't even tie their shoes till they're 47. It's fucking wild. So I'm already pissed about that. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. (laughs) I hope the boy that I like still likes me back. (laughs) It just sucks. It fucking sucks. I probably shouldn't even release this, but I think I will because this is a good. Girls might relate to this, and then boys, you can see the kind of fucking anguish you put us through when you just be nice. It's so easy. It's like I tell my cat all the time, do nice activities. Yeah, my quotes from my book are less inspirational than all this, like, be in the moment and aware of your... My, my, my shit's a lot more simple. It's, it's geared towards men in their 50s. The, the, the daily meditations are like, do nice activities. Don't hit me. Really basic. So it's, it's actually, I didn't realize it's marketed... Uh, People that, oh, it's marketed towards girls. No, this is towards men, apparently, in their 50s, because that's when they can start to comprehend full sentences. They can read a big boy book. It only has, it only has one pitch or pull chapter. This is for grown-up boys. Get, get it for your, your favorite teen or your favorite grandfather. It's fucking, I can't even take it. But just, like, be nice. Do a nice activity. It's like you tell my cat when he's hitting me. I'm like, is this a nice activity or is this a bad guy activity? You do nice activities, and, and that's... 
with myself. That's I was going to buy drugs. And I said, is this a nice activity or a bad guy activity? It's so simple. It boils down to the most simple things. Be nice. Fuck. Shit. God. Oh. So th- I don't know if there's even a, le- is there's a message to this. I don't know if this is good or funny or if there's even a message. Oh, who knows? Who knows? I mean, it's really, ah, oh, it's so easy to communicate. I don't understand. I don't understand how fucking difficult it is. It's so simple. These fucking apps. I don't need you to tell me, whoa, look, you've got a pretty nice chassis for an 82 model. Fuck you. You just say, hey, I think you're cute and move on. It's so, I don't need, go, don't go into details, okay? We know you're men, you're, you don't mature till you're really old. So I know you're just learning big words. So I don't want you to hurt your brain trying to use too many big boy adjectives, okay? So we can just say things like, you look nice. Wow. That's an easy one. Just throw in a wow and a kissy face emoji. Done. God, these emojis, this is made for, this was made, obviously this is made by men because they're like, hmm, we can't express ourselves with words, but how about if I send you a picture of a frog and a heart and a cup of coffee? Sure, I don't know what the fuck that means, but send it, send it my way. Send it to me. Give it. It's fucking mental. So again, be nice. And I know, I don't want to make this all about that men are dumb because women, we have a hard time communicating our feelings too, blah, 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 blah. Ask for what you want. But I don't even, I mean, we already know we're good at this, so I don't really have to say it. We know. The men have already checked out. We already know we're, I mean, it just, back to the men. <laughs> Be nice. Okay? And if somebody sends you a gift, I don't care what the fuck it is, you do nice activities. When someone sends you a gift, you do a nice activity. You say thank you very much, and you use that gift to make yourself come. Update. As soon as I stopped recording the episode, I got a text from a special someone. We talked about it, and everything's fine. All right. Got real mad and real sad for 38 hours for nothing. No, it's not for nothing. There are at least like four good jokes that I can get out of that episode. All right. Love you guys. Talk to you soon. Bye.